Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is a playoff Monday here on Birds 365. And if you're just getting up, just tuning in, no, hell is not freezing over because the Philadelphia Eagles made the playoffs. We just have our first snowfall of the new year. First snowfall of the season, as a matter of fact, here in the Delaware Valley. We'll take it because the Philadelphia Eagles are back in the playoffs after a one-year absence. And here to break it all down for you for the next two hours, do your Mac and Mac Birds 365. Guys, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Hey, hold on. Let me take a look at you. You did not get injured in uh, FedEx Field yesterday, <laughs> McMullen. Jalen Hurts almost did. Could you imagine that story, by the way? Uh, he barely gets touched during the game, but it's FedEx Field. So railing collapses, tumbling Eagles fans right at the feet of the starting quarterback. What a disaster that would have been. But And, and uh, luckily, Jalen Hurts and the yeah. Eagle fans that you mentioned, not hurt. Nobody's yeah. hurt. As bad as that video looked, and a great job by our buddy Mike Garofalo catching it and posting it to social media almost immediately. Yes, disaster averted. Uh, yeah. And it was almost like that with the football game as well. After the Eagles' first half, another game of tale of two halves where the Eagles play pretty awful in the first half, but then play well enough in the second half to secure a victory, secure a playoff spot, secure a damn good season, Johnny Mack. And I know that we've got one more regular season game to go and then a postseason game. But it, to me, it almost doesn't matter that this has to be chalked up in the win column as far as seasons go from where they started and everything that came down during this offseason leading into the season. For it to end with a playoff game after last year's 4-11-1 disappointment, this has got to be a thumbs-up season for the Birds. Oh, yeah, unquestionably. I, I don't see how you you can frame it any, any other way. The, the owner himself said transition. Well, transition this in <laughs> the playoffs. And you're in the playoffs in the, in the year you want to be in the playoffs if you're going to be the seventh seed or the sixth seed, however it shakes out. Uh, for the Eagles, 
Yeah, typically you're up against it, certainly even more so now that they've shifted the playoff and added a team, and there's only one team with a bye, and that'll be the Green Bay Packers. And uh, look, that's a very difficult haul if you're expecting to make a run towards the Super Bowl. But again, if this is the year, this is, you know, we don't know who's going to test positive each week. We don't know who's going to get ruled out. And and then the second part of that is the Eagles can run the football on anyone, even though they weren't really effective uh, on paper uh, running the football against the Washington football team. But I will say this, when they needed to run it, they ran it at the end of the game. They had a number of nice sort of uh, chain-moving runs, weren't great, weren't explosive, to siphon time off the clock, and then all of a sudden you have Taylor Heineke having to throw the football down the field, which is the last thing he wants to do. So if you have a little bit more time on the clock, Jody, and he can keep going underneath, keep going underneath, keep going underneath, maybe we're having a different discussion today. But with the timing on the clock, he had to push the ball down the field once. He overthrows the tight end. Interception, game over. Playoffs are here. And the Eagles knew, I mean – Look, we all knew nothing's certain in the NFL, but if anything's certain, what needed to be happened after the Eagles game was pretty certain. Houston wasn't going to be able to deal with San Francisco. And we had Sean Mannion was starting a quarterback for Minnesota and Green Bay, and it's four degrees and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, come on. And that, you know, the Eagles were giddy after this game because they knew. They knew if they won this game, they were going to the playoffs. And sure enough, they're in the playoffs. Right. One of two things needed to happen in the late afternoon window, and you're pretty damn sure you're getting one of them. Uh, maybe the Panthers jump up and bite the uh, the Saints. If not, the 49ers take care of the Texans. The latter is what actually happened. And then, yeah, foregone conclusion on the Packers in Sunday night. Uh, so, yes, the Eagles were in. Uh, you mentioned the running game. Boston Scott with his nose for the end zone. And a key element to yesterday was – and. It actually made me think a little bit about Doug Peterson. Um, some gutsy calls by Nick Sirianni to go for it on fourth down, uh, both in the red zone and in the middle of the field. Uh, and Boston Scott and Jalen Hurts' ability to sneak. You got a lot of confidence when you need to uh, just get a yard and you got a as good an athletic quarterback as Jalen Hurts is. The Eagles converted a couple of uh, fourth downs, which you're right, takes time off the clock and keeps the uh, chains moving, and keeps the clock ticking, and that's why the Eagles were able to do what they did in the second half and put away a win. Um, I, I feel bad because they won the playoffs. Uh, they, they made the playoffs. They won the game. But we once again have to talk, John, about the slow starts for this football team, both offensively and defensively. Yesterday, for me, the defense was worse. The offense at least moved the ball. They had a couple of drives stall on them, but – The defense allowed the Washington football team, who, yes, led by Taylor Heineke, might be better than Gilbert from uh, 12 days ago when the Eagles faced him, but he's still Taylor Heineke, completed his first 11 passes. I think he was 13 for 14 at one point. Um, The Eagles in their passive zone were allowing him to complete, as you pointed out, short passes. Didn't have to push the ball down the field. Yeah, I'll take eight or nine yards of the clip. And then they come out and play as well as they did in the second half. Is that Jonathan Gannon's philosophy? Do you lull the team to sleep by letting them <laughs> score in the first half and then coming out and throwing a hammer down in the second half? What the hell? 
No, I, I, I don't think they were happy with the way they played and the players. I don't think were happy. The defensive players weren't happy with the way they played in, in the first half. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of underneath stuff. 14 for 17 is what Taylor Heineke started uh, in the first half. 170. Well, I, think he was, uh, I actually think he was 14 of 15. He might have his last two passes going yeah. complete. No, I know I, he completed yeah. 11 in a row to start the game. Yeah. He was, he was definitely 14 of 17. Jalen was 9 of 11. At one point, the, both quarterbacks were, <laughs> I think it was 14 for 14, uh, before Jalen threw an incompletion. Um, so both teams were were struggling a little bit uh, early on when it came to coverage. For the Eagles, though, for, for Washington, they were struggling mightily. And I thought, man, I Daryl Roberts was playing left corner and he could not deal with Devontae. I mean, you could see it. What anybody's been to FedEx field, not the greatest uh, seat views for, for the media, but still you get a better view. And I mean, he wasn't close to Devontae Smith and I I'm thinking, well, they got something here, but you know, for whatever reason, the Eagles, uh, well, not, we know why they've changed their philosophy because they've had so much success running the football and they stuck with running the football, stuck with running the football. And, you know, it probably didn't need to be that close. Certainly they tightened up things defensively in the second half. And to a man, all the defensive players we said, because we asked that, you know, what would you do different? Nothing, nothing, nothing. They just tackle. Uh, They were not tackling well in the first half. And, you know, this league, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. If you're going to let Taylor Heineke throw the ball underneath, if you rally up and tackle, and if you if you secure guys, if you don't allow the yards after catch, if those drag routes Terry McLaurin don't turn into first downs uh, because you're 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 close in coverage, um, they weren't doing that in the first half. They were able to do it in the second half, and then it creates those third down situations, and Josh Sweat can pin his ears back and get after the quarterback and. Uh, good things happen. So it was a poor f- performance in the first half from the defense. Uh, no question about it. 231 yards. They didn't They didn't stop the run that well. I mean, Jared Patterson was creating some issues. Not big gashes, but he was getting, you know, positive plays, positive plays, positive plays. If, again, if you go back to Sunday night, I wasn't home for the first half. But the second half, you see, okay – you, you have a quarterback who can't play, and you have a great running back. So what did Green Bay do? They just stacked the box, and they attacked the running back, and it smothers, and then you have third and long, over. Punt the football, enter, whatever, sack, enters, it's done. The Eagles were able to do that. Now, Taylor Heineke is a little bit better than Sean Mannion, but same situation. We've seen it in the past with Trevor Simeon and Jake Prom and Garrett Gilbert and on and on and on. That's what you do. I mean, but you can't keep them in manageable situations because if it's third and two, third and three, Jared Patterson might run for two, three yards, and all of a sudden the chains move. And that's what was happening in the first half. And they stifled it in the second half, shut out, obviously, and the Eagles offense was able to do some enough to win the game. It's it's a weird game because, I, I you know, Nick Sirianni – Jody used the term calm, calmness. 
there was an eerie calmness on the sideline. They never thought they were going to lose the game. I, I knew what he was talking about because I felt the same way in the press box. And I said to myself after this game, and I said, it shouldn't have been this difficult. So you have stuff to complain about, but this is this is a pretty good football team. And you and I thought it was going to be better than most people, but this team is better than I thought they were going to be. Yep. They're a pretty good hmm. football team. You and I thought we were both being uh, fairly optimistic at 8-9-1. Uh, eight nine. Well, they've already won one more game than we thought, and they've got a game left to go. So they could put double digit victories on the board and get where they are now from four eleven and one in an off season where, as Jeff Flory correctly called it, a transition period. Howie Roseman didn't have a lot of cards to play. You take a $33 million dead cap hit because you decide to move on from Carson Wentz, which, oh, by the way, was the right decision. Um, but it just handicaps, handi- handcuffs what you can do during the offseason. Look at the Eagles' free agent offseason moves. Bring in a couple of guys from Minnesota, one of which works, Harrison Safety, one of which is a blow-up failure with Wilson at linebacker. You take a flyer on a Kerrigan, who I thought was a good signing for the money they signed him for, he has given them absolutely nothing. And that's about it. They, oh, cornerback uh, two, which we talked about, what, for about six straight weeks here on Birds 365 when we first got started. Who's going to be CB2? All right, they got Slay, but you got to have a second quarter. And they waited and waited and waited and waited. Howie played the game brilliantly. And he got Steven Nelson on a very fair deal. But that's it. They didn't add a wide receiver this offseason. They came back with the same group they had. The only addition, of course, was a huge one, was Devontae Smith. But that wasn't via free agency. This team, with the moves they made during the offseason, really shouldn't be a nine-win team at this time. That falls on the coach. That's Nick Sirianni. He has done an outstanding job taking what he has, uh, putting it into place, building it into a cohesive unit, uh, working the uh, emotions of the players, this is just a really well put together, handled, motivated, put in the right place to succeed team. That's he and his coaching staff. Sirianni's got to get a huge amount of credit for what this team has achieved as of right now. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I've been calling him the best rookie head coach in this league for a number of weeks now. And I think, you know, that was sort of solidified uh, with this playoff berth. You know, the most impressive thing, you brought up the fourth downs. Now, you know, couple things there they failed on the first fourth down it was in the, in the early in the game inside handoff to jordan howard probably out of the shotgun probably a bad call because he's not completely healthy um could have went in a shell from that standpoint and then you look at the two boston scott touchdowns now boston scott is the third string running back on this team the third string running back those are fourth down plays, both of them. The, the highest leverage situation in a football game. So everybody talks about next man up mentality in this league. It's it's you hear it so much as a reporter, you, your ears start to bleed. <laughs> blah blah blah. Nobody believes it. I talked about the quarterbacks. Nobody believed. Nobody next man. Uh, yeah, you're done. You're done. You know the most impressive. In the highest of leverage situation, he's given the football to a guy who is third string 
and they're succeeding. One, because Boston Scott is uh, coached up to play in such a situation. He's done it in the past. He, he's done it before uh, Nick ever got here. So maybe part of it is good depth at the running back position. Certainly part of it is good offensive line. But just the mentality of giving somebody like that the football in that type of situation. Uh, these guys are, are, are teachers. And that's the most important part. You and I talked a little bit on CBS last night. And I said to you, I don't know what to think of this team in the context of all the issues that have gone their way. And, you know, whether it's uh, other teams having COVID issues and then facing the bad quarterbacks, None of that's their fault. They shouldn't apologize for any of it. But I, I do, you know, this team is, their sentiment is, okay, get the next guy ready. Other teams' sentiments is, uh, uh, we're, we're, we're done. We're, we're cooked. We're, we're, we can't compete. And you have this defeatist attitude. I, I don't know what other way to describe it. Uh, the Eagles, they they just keep chugging along. It's it's pretty impressive, and that starts with the head coach. It does, and uh, I'll give him partial credit for uh, giving the ball to Boston Scott in as big a situation as he did. Didn't really have a choice. Miles Sanders not there. Well, the choice Jordan... is take the field goal, Jody. The choice is I have a third string running back. The choice, you know. Washington's not going great guns offensively. Let me take the field goal. Let me pile up some points, especially after you fail on fourth down. There's a lot of coaches that would have, you know, pulled back and said, I got to get some points on the board. I got to be more cautious. No, he's like, we got Boston Scott. Let's go. We got Boston Scott. No, I know people are going to say, yeah, we got Boston. I mean, come on. This is not, you know, if you're going to be honest, this is not one of the best running backs in professional football. I I think it's a, an impressive uh, mentality that he shows, and he doesn't waver into because a lot of coaches would have would have took a field goal once they once they fail on fourth down. A and lot I, of coaches. I don't know if it's the analytics of it, but Boston Scott is one of the better short running running backs down by the goal line in the NFL. The numbers are the numbers. Inside the five, yeah. the guy just finds his way into the end zone. And he did before yesterday, and he did again yesterday. Uh, so yeah. I give more credit to Boston Scott than Nick Sirianni in that case. But just the nerve to go for it on fourth down with anybody, no matter what. Yeah. I'm not going to give him more credit oh, because he only had Boston Scott. Boston Scott's great in the red zone. He's great inside the five. You know, you know who's great in, You know who's great inside the five? You you see uh, Corey Dillon last night, 250 pounds with with uh, thighs the size of oak trees. That's typically who you want inside the five yard line. I'm just saying, you're right. Boston Scott has done an amazing job with this team over the years. But again, I think, you know, it's there's a lot of coaches that would say, uh, you know, you you would rather have a healthy Jordan Howard in that type of situation, uh, moving the pile. That's the type of running back you want inside the two-yard line on fourth down. I, I don't know. I think it's pretty impressive. 
I think Boston Scott is uh, pretty impressive in what he's been able to do for them. And you know what? I think Jalen Hurts was pretty damn impressive yesterday, too. I know if you just look at the box score and look at the numbers, they don't jump off the page when you got other guys like Joe Burrow throwing for 400 yards, 500 yards around the league. You're, oh, that's what your quarterback's supposed to do. Well, that's not the no. Eagles. That's not Jalen Hurts. If you're waiting for that day to show up, it's not going to happen. But he was in control of that game. Uh, going back to what you said about uh, Sirianni saying, a calm, uh, even though they were trailing at the half, that there was no panic involved. There was surely no panic in his quarterback. He looked like a guy who was in control of that game all all game long, even though they were trailing. A couple of the passes he threw yesterday were actually pretty nice passes. The Washington secondary made a couple of really nice defensive plays, just getting a hand in at the last second. He didn't have uh, his usual who had him open, overthrew, underthrew type of, type of plays yesterday. And he made a couple of plays uh, off uh, schedule, out of the pocket, on the run. The big play to Greg Ward, oh, I'll get to him in a second, um, <laughs> was as big a non-touchdown play as there was in yesterday's game. Yeah, Jalen Hurts stamped himself. I, I, I want to be able to evaluate however much Jalen Hurts plays these next two weeks. And that's another thing we'll get to. Cooper Rush against uh, Gardner Minshew next week. Um, he's the guy. He's the guy. I, I talked to Marcus Hayes last week, and Marcus said Jalen Hurts is the guy. I said, well, do you want to go there 100%? I'm not 100% yet. Well, I got closer to 100% off that performance yesterday with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, the playoff game is going to be a big evaluating point for the Eagles, but this guy's the QB, Johnny Mack. I, I don't see the Eagles going another direction now. Well, I think 95% he's the QB next season. But I, I also, you know, I left the doors because somebody asked. I, I think Mark on the on the Jacob Media uh, postgame show on 6abc.com, Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, like, share, subscribe. There we go. Thank you. First one, Jody. Um he asked me that question, and I thought about it, and I said, yeah, well, you know, the guy made the playoffs. He's the starting quarterback. And then I said, yeah, but, you know, I don't think you can hamstring yourself. And I, I always use that term, and you know, and I use it. I always call them FU players. There are a few players. There are a few players that should and could change the Eagles' mind. One of them is available or is going to be available. Now, he might not be available to the Eagles, uh, and that's Deshaun Watson. Look, I think he changes the game. Uh, it's nothing against Jalen Hurts. Nothing against Jalen Hurts. But if the stars align, just like the stars align in this season for the Eagles to make the playoffs, if the stars align and you can get that kind of talent free of legal entanglements uh, for pennies on the dollar and you pass that up, because somebody made a first-round playoff berth when he wasn't supposed to as a starting quarterback, you will rue that day for a very long time. So 95% he's going to be the starting quarterback of this team next year, and then he can prove himself more, and who knows, that might turn into a long-term 10-year franchise starting quarterback. you got to leave the door open just a little tiny bit because there are certain players – and you just mentioned he's never going to beat Joe Burrow, who had another amazing team. 
Well, when you say that, that means there are guys out there that could change your way of thinking. And Deshaun Watson is one of those players. He is John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. This is Birds 365 on a day after Eagles qualified for the playoffs. Didn't know the turnaround from last year's 4-11-1 disaster was going to be this quick. John didn't know it. I didn't know it. Jeff Laurie didn't know it. But it is now a fact and a reality. The Eagles are going to the postseason. Uh, we'll come back. I do want to talk a little bit about Greg Ward and his two big catches yesterday. Why isn't he in the lineup? Uh, and uh, also, we'll start to, uh, while we continue to break down yesterday's victory over Washington. Yeah, before we even get to the playoffs, there's a game next week. And the Dallas Cowboys are coming to town. And it doesn't really have that big an impact on either one of the two teams. And it's on Saturday night. Two weeks ago, I told you, J-Mac, this could be a complete game of substitutes. A preseason game played in week 18 of the regular season because neither team is going to have a major reason to go out and uh, put forth their best players, their best play calling, showcase what they can do for the post. No. It's not happening this week. Sorry to say, Eagle fans, but I'm telling you right now, it they may not start. Uh, well, let me get let me get the break in, then we'll come back and we'll break down Eagles, Cowboys, McMullen and McDonald, Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. 
a catastrophic injury while working on the job, a personal injury from someone else's negligence, turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. He is Johnny Mac. I am Johnny Mac. Welcome back, guys. I'm Birch 365. On the day the Philadelphia Eagles returned to the playoffs. Come on. It was only one year. Uh, I know it's a tough year. No, it wasn't easy being an Eagle fan. Spoiled. Well, spoiled. A little spoiled after uh, winning a Super Bowl, going back to the playoffs next couple of years. It's now four out of five years. The Eagles made the playoffs. That's not a bad percentage, Eagle fans. It was one year uh, in purgatory. Uh, but the Eagles have rebounded tremendously and made the postseason. Uh, I do want to get to the matchup against the Cowboys on Saturday in just a second. But first things first, Greg Ward, two uh, passes thrown his way, catches both of them, one of them a huge play for a big first down, downfield, set up a touchdown. I think it was like one of his longest receptions ever in his career, 27 yards. Uh, Great throw by uh, Hertz, avoiding pressure in the backfield, sprinting out, put it right on Greg Ward, and he makes the catch. Something that we don't say often enough about Jalen Rager, who had the ball (laughs) thrown to him once yesterday, and he couldn't catch it. Um, Greg Ward still playing significantly less snaps than Jalen Rager. Can we officially put aside the fact that Jalen Rager was a first-round draft pick, that Howie Roseman used a first-round pick yeah, on him, whether it was I... Doug Peterson? His, if that's what you got to hang it all over, say that it was a Peterson pick, that the coaches made that pick, not you, Howie. Uh, let's get Greg Ward out there on the field so he can make some plays for the Eagles when they really matter in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen for you, Jody. Um, look, I know. Look, it's a coaching staff uh, thing at this point. You're you're right. The first round, you know, pedigree thing we talk about all the time on this show. It it means something in the NFL. It certainly means something to the general manager. Uh, but the coach is trying to win football games, and I think he's shown that, and he's done it, and he's uh, and he's trying to think what is best for his team on a best you know, but let me ask you a weekend. question john and I, i'm sorry to interrupt but the football team the coaches got all the players together in preseason they evaluate everything and tj edwards was not one of their linebackers he was a reserve guy he was not playing but they put him in every once in a while oh and he made a couple plays so the next week they gave him a couple more snaps and he made a couple more plays and the week after that, he made a couple. And before you know it, he's the guy on the field more than any other linebacker. So they evaluated as the season was ongoing. We need to make, we need to put the players who can most make plays for us on the field. If they did that at linebacker, why can't they do that at wide receiver? Well, I, they can, 
And look, I I do not like that comparison for this reason, Jody. TJ's played great. He hasn't made a play here or there. TJ's one of been their best defensive players. If Greg Ward came in and and got 13 snaps, that's what he got yesterday, and played like one of their best players, he'd get more snaps and he kept doing it. He'd get more snaps. I don't want to put Craig Ward in the TJ Edwards category. I don't I, think that's fair do, to do TJ me a favor, Edwards. and I, I know this is uh, me making you do work, and I apologize for that. Look up for me how many snaps TJ Edwards got week one. Go back to the first week of the season and see how many snaps he got week number one, and it developed over time. He, he was Greg Ward-like first game of the season. If well, you compare, you know, it, who was it, a bigger contributor to the Philadelphia Eagles last year? And I know new coaching staff wiped the slate clean. But certainly Greg Ward was a bigger contributor for last year's Eagles than T.J. Edwards was. Yeah, but I guess my point would be the Eagles misevaluated uh, T.J. Edwards. Um, and he played 29 snaps in week one. He played 40% of the time. Now they also blew out, uh, you know, they were Eric Wilson. And, and it was actually a little bit of a surprise that Eric Wilson, it wasn't the three down linebacker week one. He played 61 snaps, so 85%. Um, and, you know, Alex Singleton was, you remember, he was a starter and then kind of lost his job and got it back when Davion Taylor got hurt again. Uh, he was second and TJ was third. Um, look, they misevaluated TJ Edwards. Um, I don't think they've misevaluated Greg Ward. I think they, you could make the argument. I think your, your stronger argument is Greg Ward is better than Jalen Rager because Jalen Rager is an abomination. I don't think your best argument is he's the offense is TJ Edwards because TJ has just been lights out. It, you know, yesterday was not probably one of his best games, but I'm going to look up his uh, pro football focus uh, grade because I know it's off the charts or it had been off the charts, and I don't think people realize. And he got pigeonholed because he couldn't run. Right. You know, number well, see, seven. That's, that's, number... One, that's one of the reasons why I made the comparison with Greg Ward. Oh, he can't uh, fly through the air with the greatest of ease like Superman. He's a little undersized. He can't run a 4-3-40. That's why he's never going to be a downfield guy. He's a possession guy only. Well, he makes plays. T.J. Edwards, not fast enough, not going to be a superstar player, doesn't have the physical capabilities other athletes do. All he does is make tackles. I stand by my comparison between uh, Greg Ward well, and T.J. Well, T.J. has the trait, though. You mentioned doesn't have the size, doesn't have the speed. That Well, T.J.'s got the size. DJ's got the size. He's a real linebacker where there aren't a, a lot of real linebackers in the NFL. So he's got, he's in the modern NFL. In other words, everybody's looking for the undersized guys who can run and cover and they forget about that aspect of the game. And so number seven uh, in the entire NFL at linebacker, uh, you know, Micah Parsons is one, Darius Leonard is five, Levante David is six, TJ Edwards is seven. That's the names he's involved with. That's how well he's played uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. He has forced his way on the field. By the way, the, the big Greg Ward reception, Jalen Hurts didn't hear the play. 
he had to call something else, and it was complete sandlot football, um, which you got to give uh, Jalen credit for, and obviously extending the play, and uh, he's able to do some things. And you know, Greg Ward deserves credit for for making a, a good catch. And you're right. I mean, Adjusting I don't have too. You're right that that Hurts didn't might might not hurt the play. But uh, Ward was already downfield and made the adjustment to come back. Or actually, you would say he uh, went vertically, uh, went horizontally, but got open, whereas Jalen had a place to throw him the ball. And then, really uh, optimistic, caught the ball. That's a key to a wide receiver in this league. Yeah, and like I said. When the ball is thrown to you, actually catch it. That's kind of a starting point. And like I said, I have no problem. No problem. Uh, if you want to frame it that way and say, um, you know, Jalen Rager's probably not coming up with that football. Well, you know, Greg's played 189 snaps. So obviously it's not a sample size, large sample size. He can't even be graded with that number of snaps. Jalen Rager's played 650 as we talked today. Jalen Rager is graded uh, as the 113th best receiver in the NFL out of 130. In short, that's not good. That is not good. And guess what, Jody? He's still got a better grade than Greg Ward. Um, again, who's yeah, not great if he hasn't to played it. on the coaching staff. While I sit here and, and sing Nick Sirianni's praises uh, in, across the board in the big uh, two-mile view from above, I can zero in a little independently and say, yes, they have misevaluated their wide receivers this year. Greg Ward should have been playing more and should, more importantly, should play more in the upcoming playoff game. Well, I will say this about wide receiver. They're not good enough at wide receiver. They have one wide receiver you can count on. That's it. That, that's it, and that's not good enough, especially in this era of the NFL. So when we talk about yesterday's game, and I said, you know, if you looked at it, and, and by the way, you have to add Dallas Goddard, because Dallas Goddard's just, he's always open. Nobody can deal with this guy. So he's as big a part of the passing game as any of us, a bigger part. It's Devontae and Dallas and everybody else, and nothing else, basically. Um, it, so... They have to get better. If you tell me right now, and we got playoffs, and we're not talking about we got plenty of time. We'll talk about offseason stuff. By the way, Michael Gallup tore his ACL last night. Uh, so that's a, not only a big issue for the Dallas Cowboys moving forward, but, you know, free agency and thinking about great receivers potentially. If you wiped out this whole group uh, except Devontae and turned the whole thing over, I would not criticize this organization at all, at all. Uh, they got to get better, and they got to get better significantly at the wide receiver position. Like I said, the argument Greg Ward is – I might even – I I agree at times, especially in, in third-down situations. When you need somebody to catch the football, I've, I've said it in the past – I understand what the coaching staff is trying to do with the running game and the speed, and you want a threat that somebody can run by you on the field while you're trying to run the ball. But when you got to convert a third and five, I want somebody on the field that's going to catch the football. Right. And that I could see, look, let's get a little uptick in playing time because the guy can catch the football. I just don't like the TJ Edwards comparison. 
because TJ, they just flat out misevaluated. And he has been a good NFL player, never mind better than what the Eagles have at a bad position for them. He has been a good linebacker throughout the whole NFL. That's a complete misevaluation, especially when you're talking about Eric Wilson. Who was right. keeping them off and, the field? See, that's the that's where the comparison lies. I'm not trying to say Greg Ward's level of play is comparable with the TJ Edwards level of play. No, just the situation, the fact that they evaluated Eric Wilson as a linebacker who should be on the field more than TJ Edwards when he started. And the more they saw, the more they realized, uh oh, we got this one wrong. We need to adjust. We need to get Edwards on the field. They go so far as to cut Eric Wilson. They evaluated correctly as they went along. I just think they're slow dragging Greg Ward. I think the evaluation is staring you right in the face. Greg Ward's a better option than Jalen Rager. Adjust. You got a playoff game to win. Do it now. But before they get to the playoff game, they got to win. We got to get through Saturday night. The game against the Cowboys has already been flexed, Johnny Mac. You love working on Saturday nights. Come on. It's great for you. Ah, the worst thing in the world for any writer and everybody will tell you the same thing. Nobody cares. We all hate night games, uh, but it is what it is. You you knew there was a chance and there was a good chance just because Dallas and Philadelphia people are going to watch. And if there's any meaning whatsoever, I was more focused on Sunday night. I should have been focused on Saturday night um, because, look, it was going to be Cowboys – Eagles on Sunday night if that game was meaningful um, and it looked like it was going to be meaningful for a long time so it turned out to be not as meaningful as as anyone expected not meaningful at all for the Eagles by the way unless you want to start talking about six versus seven um, there's a small chance they could get the six seed they can't really jockey there's so many permutations of what can happen and who they could play. But the most likely is they're going to Tampa uh, to face Tom Brady and the Bucks. So, I mean, from their standpoint, I'm just resting everybody for, you know, could be a preseason environment, as you mentioned. Going to be a little bit more interesting with Dallas. Um, boy, they were whining a lot about the officials. I didn't see that game, Jody. Did you see any of that game? Oh, yeah. Oh, I was I was on the air for the second half, but I got to see a lot of the first I, half. I can't stand when fans whine about officials, never mind players. And they were – so I don't know what happened in that game, but that was they a bad beat. loss. Plain and, plain and simple, they got beat. The better team yesterday was the Cardinals. Yeah, that's Had nothing to do with the referees. Yeah, that – well, they were complaining about it, but uh, – I'm telling I, you, I saw what I saw, and, and they did not get shortchanged. By the way, game in their house, if you believe that. Yeah, you got to win that game. You got to win that game. And Carolina, uh, excuse me, Arizona was looking terrible in recent weeks. Um, yeah, that was a bad loss. And then, you know, they weren't going to get the number one seed anyway, but now they could tumble. So it's going to be interesting to see if they try to win the game. I don't know how they're going to handle it. Obviously, if they try to win the game and the Eagles don't, it could get ugly. Um, it's not going to matter. Of all those permutations, it's very – I think there's one circumstance where the Eagles could face the Cowboys in the in the first round. So you're not going to have the back-to-back meetings uh, in all likelihood. So it's going to be interesting to see 
if the Cowboys play. I don't think the Eagles are gonna are gonna are gonna play their key players. Well, I said this here on Birds three sixty five, not last week, the week before, that there was a scenario whereby the Eagles won't need to play for anything, and the Cowboys. Truth be told, well, let, let me let me make it a question before I make my statement. Um, because I debated this in a couple different places the last uh, couple uh, week or so. The difference between being the two seed, the three seed, or the four seed that's where the Cowboys are right now. As of now, they're in the four seed, uh, depending on results of other games they win and other games go a uh, specific way, they could get back up to the two seed. If you're the two seed, then you've got the possibility well, actually, you're locked in to a second home game. You got to play the first one at home. You know that you're a division winner. You could you get that second home game. There's always a chance for upsets in the first round which could jumble things. Do you think it's that big a deal the difference between being second, third or fourth in the presently structured NFL playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I think so only because you have the the extra home game if you're number 2. Uh, if you're able to advance, you know, you're going to have that uh, second home game. Um, other than that, uh, I don't think it and, – and by the way, I don't think, you know, I I have to double-check this, but I think this is the best year ever for road teams. Um, so, you know, home field advantage for whatever reason has not meant as much as it, as it has in the past. But I got to tell you, I mean, Green Bay's the number one seed, so everybody's got to go through Lambeau Field. I, I mean, that's that's difficult. I'd rather be at home, uh, always. I know, I know the Eagles would rather be at Lincoln Financial Field. So it's not a death blow, but yeah, I mean, you want as many home games as possible. I would say that. All right, and they can the Cowboys can either finish second, third, or fourth in the uh, Easter upcoming uh, NFC playoffs. You weigh that against Dak Prescott goes down because he takes a shot from an Eagle defender, and you're going to the postseason led by Cooper Rush. I'm sorry, there's no way I'm putting him out there on the field. If I'm the Cowboys coach. Mike McCartney, there's no way I'm putting Dak Prescott out there on that field on Saturday. I have to protect the guy because you talk about the drop-off from starting quarterback to backup quarterback, and we should be able to see it firsthand because I think Cooper Rush is going to start. You can't take that risk. You can't uh, – and and to put him out there to start the game and then pull him out I think is just as foolish. I think we got the battle of the backup quarterbacks coming on Saturday night. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm looking at it right here, Jody. So there is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine potential options. Nine potential options. How this thing shakes out uh, on the NFC side of the bracket. Only one of those would have Dallas getting uh, the second seed. Only one of the nine scenarios. Um. Only one would have them getting the number three seed. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven have them getting the number four seed. So it's far more likely than not that Dallas is going to be the number four seed. And as you said, you want to risk um, your key players. 
oh, by the way, the very week after you just lost one of them and Michael Gallup, uh, you you want to roll the dice for that those kinds of odds? I don't know if I would. Um, I'll just say that. And by the way, the Eagles. Now there's there's seven of those scenarios. They're going to be the number seven seed, and and there are three where they would play Tampa Bay. Two they would play the Rams. One Arizona. One Dallas. There's two ways they could get the six seed. Both ways they would play Tampa Bay. So even if you wanted to jockey, you couldn't do it. You could you you can't make all the other things happen. So right. out of your control. Yeah. So no, I I think you're I think you're right. I think we might see. Look. Dak might start. I think we might see a, a, a an old week three preseason. There's only three preseason games, but you get what I'm saying. And the old, you know, dress rehearsal game. Maybe it's starters play a, a quarter, maybe something like that to keep them fresh and then get them the heck out of there. So you're going to see Cooper Rush against Gardner Minshew. And there is a segment of the Eagle fan base that still thinks Gardner Minshew should be starting for the Eagles. Well, you might get your wish this week. He's going to start a game that the outcome isn't really all that important. And I kind of feel bad because I know Eagle fans live for their two matchups every year with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, The old line about uh, you can lose every other game as long as you beat the Cowboys twice. It's a successful season in my eyes, you know, but you're only going to get one game against the Cowboys this year. It already happened, and it was a stone-cold blowout. Um, there is still the possibility the Eagles and Cowboys could turn around and play again the next week. Uh, the percentages are small. Um, your buddy uh, Jimmy Kemsky, Mr. Malton Mafia, uh, did a good job of uh, breaking down all the different scenarios on phillyvoice.com if you want Further details on that, check out what Kemsky wrote. We don't have a track record on Nick Sirianni. He's never done this before. He's never been a head coach before. So we don't know. Andy Reid used to protect his guys if he got into a game that he knew he couldn't move up or down. Luckily for the Eagles, a couple times that was as the number one seed. Uh, Didn't quite work out in the NFC Championship games. But Andy showed a propensity for protecting his players. I expect Sirianni to do the same. We're emphasizing and focusing on the quarterbacks. What other guys do you think will be, if we've got the right read on it, and Nick Sirianni may give you some of that information today, John. He couldn't do it at the end of last night's game. Competitive advantage. You're going to hear a lot of competitive advantage. He's not going to admit he's going to turn it into a preseason game. But, yeah, I mean, look, Jason Kelsey would be a perfect example. I mean, that guy plays, you know, he looks like a – uh, a stormtrooper at this point with all the with all the braces star wars stormtrooper by the way for people getting upset uh with all the braces jordan Mailata, you know um all of a sudden you know can't buckle his own helmet landon dickerson's got to buckle his helmet because he can't move his arm because he's got this giant brace on Devonte smith has been playing with an elbow brace um you know guys have been Jordan Howard with the stinger went out there and played probably shouldn't, um, you know, why risk him? Give him a, uh, uh, that time frame. Hopefully you get Miles Sanders back. So Miles obviously isn't going to play. Uh, hopefully you get him back for the playoffs. 
And then there's just the players who, the Lane Johnsons of the world, the Fletcher Coxes, the Javon Hargraves, the Darius Slays, uh, TJ Edwards, uh, Rodney McLeods, Anthony Harris, on and on and on. You know, some guys got to play because you only have uh, a, a finite amount. This is not college where you can roll a hundred guys in uniform. Um, so some guys got to play, but you got to be judicious about it. And yeah, think third old school, third preseason game. Right. But, uh, and I know we're probably extrapolating a little bit further than we need to, but it intrigues me. So I'm going to ask you the question. Take a guy like Fletcher Cox. You want to get Fletcher the game off veteran guy, been through the wars, doesn't need to play, doesn't need to accomplish anything. But you have only so many backup defensive line players that you can put in that position. You got to come up with a roster. Do you deactivate Fletcher Cox? No. So you're not tempted to put him in there in the third quarter if the two guys that you've got subbing in both go down with injuries that you got to throw Fletcher in there? Do you activate or elevate someone from the practice squad? No, and that's and that's why you you can't uh, do what you can do. That's where it differs from a third preseason game because you don't have the ninety guys and you don't have the ability to use players who you know are going to be cut uh, after the game. Um, so guys have to dress; they have to play at least a little bit, and they're going to be out there. And you know, then you say, "Okay, Milton, go play." Milton Williams, go play Milton, 70 Milton snaps. Go play a lot next week. Yeah, go play 70 snaps, and God forbid if something happens to Milton Williams, you, you might have to pit, put him back in there. Asan Ridgeway, go play 70 snaps. Um, Ryan Kerrigan, go play 60 snaps and maybe get a couple tackles. Uh, by the way, Ryan Kerrigan, you know, that little touch uh, started the game in Washington um, for, for the Eagles at left defensive end. Uh, so another little Nick Sirianni thing, just given, you know, somebody who had so much success uh, over the years at FedEx Field. But players like him, um, you know, it, is Teron Jackson going to be back? You know, if he's back, uh, he's going to play a ton of snaps. That's that's how you got to go about it. But guys got to dress because you only got 53 this time of year. Right. So uh, it'll be very interesting. And you think Nick will do his supreme dodging today in not answering questions to try and keep that competitive. Nick, there's no competitive advantage. The outcome of the game is irrelevant. Yeah. You're going to be sixth well, or seventh. It doesn't yeah, matter. I think the NFL in this case wants a little tweak as well. Look, guys, don't talk about it. We put this on at 815. Just don't talk about it. <laughs> And yes, I did watch that Cowboy game yesterday. And yes, they got beat. Arizona was the better team. And I'll give you one other, if the Eagles, well, the Eagles play, but I don't think Jalen Hurts is is going to be on the field. Uh, But if that very small possibility comes through of the Eagles-Cowboys then playing the following week in the postseason, um, I did make a bit of a play on that game, as in wagering. Uh, Got out my Park Sportsbook app. I thought the only way the Cardinals could win the game would be if Kyler Murray made a couple plays with his legs because he is one of the better rushing quarterbacks and the 
Uh, Dallas defense had been tremendous at getting pressure on the quarterback over the last several weeks when they looked like one of the better teams in football. But Murray's got the ability to dodge those kind of uh, blitzes. And if you miss him, he can turn it up the field. I couldn't believe the over-under on his uh, rushing numbers was 30 yards, 30 and a half or something like that. So I played the over. He had zero at halftime. He did not pull the ball down once in the first half and take off. He did rush for 44 yards in the second half. I could see Jalen Hurts doing the same against the Cowboys. Um, You saw Jalen once again uh, make plays with his legs. Certainly the fourth down uh, dive and sneak was huge in the game. But he even had one run that I couldn't believe that I cheered watching it from my couch here for a slide. He made a play, got about 15 yards downfield, and he went into a late slide. Had already gotten the first down, which was absolutely the smart thing to do. He almost suckered the Washington player into a late hit going into the slide as well. Yeah, I think that can be a big part of the Eagles in the postseason, Johnny Mac. This kid's got another virtue to his game, another avenue to make plays, and that's with his uh, feet. And I think he can do that come postseason as well. Oh, yeah, it's it's a big part. I mean, that, you know, that Greg Ward play is another example of, you know, Jalen Hurts' ability uh, in certain things, his off-schedule ability that, look, you can't live on it, and the coaches talk about it all the time. You can't plan for it. But, you know, for whatever reason, he doesn't get the play call and it turns into sandlot football and he's making one of the biggest offensive plays of the game. I mean, there weren't a ton of explosive plays in that game for either team from an offensive perspective. And that ward play was 27 yards. I think it was the second longest play of the game. Uh, they had a 30-yard uh, pass to Devontae Smith early in the game. That was the only bigger play in the game as far as length uh, for either team. I don't think Washington, I don't even think, well, they had one, I'm looking at it, they had one 25-yard reception. That was also early in the game to Dynami Brown, uh, his only reception in the game. That was it. So there weren't a ton of things going downfield in that particular game, and two of them, the 27-yard pass to Greg Ward, the scramble pass, and the 22-yard scramble from Jalen Hurts are off schedule. So, I mean, that is a big part of the modern NFL. And, you know, teams that don't recognize that the game is changing um, are, are behind the eight ball because the game is not changing. It has changed. And you have some old-school guys um, – uh, who who would not accept that and still will not accept it. You know, why was Sean Mannion playing last night and Kellen Bond wasn't? Because you got an old school guy who doesn't want to say off schedule, off schedule, let the, let the kid run around, see what he can do. And you got a statue there who can't do anything, which goes back to Nick Sirianni as well. Good coaching unique quarterback i've used that term over and over again keeps coming at you for 60 minutes that's it's difficult it's difficult it's difficult to deal with john mcmullen jody mcdonald mac and mac guys here on birds 365 on the jacob media youtube channel hey 
The birds made the playoffs. We'll be sticking with you all through the playoffs. So keep coming back here. While you're at it, hit that like button. Like, share, subscribe. Birds 365 for all your YouTube buddies. We'll come back, continue to talk about what transpired yesterday. The look ahead to Dallas. We've still got uh, Chris Franklin from NJ.com scheduled to join us a little over 20 minutes from now. But stick around with us here on Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You got Mac and Mac, John McMullen and Jody Wilsonley here with you on Birds 365, a playoff cinching Monday get-together. Yes, we've got a game to finish up the regular season against Dallas. Cooper Rush against Gardner Minshew on Saturday night for Johnny Mac. In case you're just hearing, uh, the Eagle game has been flexed to Saturday night, 8-15. If you're heading down, and John Mac, Johnny Mac will be. Uh, but at least he'll be in the enclosed press box. Might be a little chilly. For those oh, I haven't checked the weather, uh, but it's snowing. That's not a good early right. you, you checked today's yeah. weather. You stuck your head outside, had to get yeah. the dog outside. Uh, yes, the flakes are coming down, sticking on uh, non-concrete surfaces, at least here in uh, South Jersey. Uh, but Saturday, uh, got a good chance. Put it this way. It's going to be colder on Saturday night at 8.15 than it would have been at Sunday at 1 o'clock. So, uh, yeah, you might be a little yeah. inconvenienced, a little colder, but it is Eagles-Cowboys. That should warm you up a little bit, even though I'm telling you it's going to be Gardner Minshew against uh, uh, Cooper Rush because I don't think either team is going to worry about uh, where their playoff matchup is going to uh, come. Uh, John, do want to get your thought on this because – uh, again, uh, doing my shows on WIP, I did an extra one last week filling in, so three shows, uh, talking to the fans and the like, and uh, the feedback that you and I both get on social media. People were believing that the Eagles were going to make the playoffs, and it turned out to be right, uh, that what needed to happen would happen. Eagles win one of the two games uh, that needed to go the Eagles' way. What happened did. Green Bay beating Minnesota, nobody's surprised by that. Um, so people were looking ahead to Ooh, the potential first-round matchup. They could play either the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Los Angeles Rams, the Arizona Cardinals, and or the Dallas Cowboys. Any of those four teams are a possibility. The most likely scenario has them playing the Bucs, and they, of course, are the defending champion. That's probably not good news because last week leading up to the game, well, you got to avoid Dallas. Dallas is the hottest team. Stay away from Dallas. If we have to tank the game on uh, Sunday to avoid Dallas, that's what we got to do. I never believed that for a second. The Rams had the rally to beat a Ravens team, which has been ravaged by injuries and COVID. And didn't have their starting quarterback again, and they had to score late just to pull victory from the jaws of defeat. 
Um, and the Cowboys got beat yesterday by the Cardinals. The Cowboys, hottest team in football, got beat in their house by the Arizona Cardinals. I think all the time and effort that was put into trying to figure out who the Eagles are going to play in the first round and who they should try and avoid was a waste of time. And I'll say the same thing again coming into this week. I, they, there's not a team that in the first round the Eagles can't play with. I'm not going to predict a victory, upset on the road, play a victory. But I, I don't think there's a massive mismatch between the Birds and anybody they face in the first round of the playoffs. How about you? Well, I, I think they could beat any team on a given day. I would say, you know, Tampa Bay at full strength would be difficult. Right, uh, but we but know Tampa's not, Tampa's not going to be at full they're strength. They're crippled, yeah. They're, well, they did get – I think they got Mike Evans back. Um, I'm not didn't, even sure. Didn't get Godwin back, and Antonio now, Godwin, Brown just God, waved goodbye to yeah. the National Football League yesterday. Godwin's done for the year, so yeah. that's my point. And even Dallas, as I said, with Dallas losing Michael Gallup, one of the reasons I was on, look, I'm a big styles make fights, guys. I just don't think the Eagles match up well with the Dallas Cowboys, player for player. Strength, that's a bad matchup for them. But they just lost one of the reasons why. Um, and that's how things are fluid in the NFL. Same thing with Tampa Bay. If Godwin's there, if Antonio Brown's not nuts, if Mike Evans is healthy, if Gronk is there, they're not going to win that game. Guess what? The majority of those players I just mentioned aren't going to be there, and the ones who are there are banged up. You still have the greatest quarterback of all time who's going to complete 85% of his passes against you. That That's that's a problem, but you know, if you tackle well, if you run the football, yeah, they can beat any of this team. And they could certainly beat the Rams and the Cardinals. Those are the two teams. Look, they're helter-skelter. They're talented. You know, everything's about one particular day, one particular 60 minutes. But those are the two teams that are most likely, I would say, to lay an egg on a particular game day as opposed to uh, Tampa Bay and, and Dallas. Um, Dallas more because I just – I don't I don't think they match up and I know people first they're not gonna like that. I don't think they match up well with that particular team. But already one of the one of the one of the good players that makes that true, Michael Gallup, who's their third best receiver, remember, and he's out for the season now. And oh by the way, he was a guy who I thought the Eagles should be looking at next year for a wide receiver position be a free agency. You, what was it you said earlier in the show? If the Eagles decide to keep Devontae Smith and wash everyone else away, you'd be all right with that. But one of the guys I'd like to see him bring in would be Michael Gallup. Uh, but he's uh, done for the year, and we'll have to see how uh, the injury plays with him going forward. I, I, I think they're all really close, John. I don't know that Tampa's that much better than Dallas. I don't know Dallas is that much better than Los Angeles. No, I think I they're all close. But I do think, as I said, I do think there's certain teams that you match up well against and certain teams you don't because of the way they play. Um, and that's the difference for me. I, I would rather, if you've left it up to me, I would rather play the Rams or Arizona. I, if I'm going to rank them here. I'd rather play Arizona more than anybody else, then the Rams, then Tampa Bay, 
Last would be Dallas oh, for me. The, no, no way I would rank Dallas ahead of Tampa Bay. Uh, they got that Brady guy on Tampa Bay. And chances are, sorry to say, Eagle fans, the most likely scenario who the Eagles are going to be playing in the first round is the Buccaneers. They would absolutely be my fourth choice. Not even close. Uh, they, well, they are... for me, it's now if you ask me if it were Tampa Bay and the Cowboys in the championship game, I'm going to pick Tampa Bay. I, I think this is Eagle-centric. I think because of the style, because of the players, because of the matchups, I would rather play Tampa Bay than Dallas. I think Tampa Bay is better for the reasons you think. Now, again, you got to see health on and where you get when you get to a potential game. Um, I'm always going to lean towards Tom Brady. I don't like the matchups of the no, Eagles. Right. I saw it live. I saw it was ugly. It was they had no answers. It, it it's just it's a bad matchup from a style standpoint. What was that week four, week five? Yeah, it was early. It okay. was early, and the Eagles have gotten much better running game, uh, mostly. But if anything, the Cowboys, because of the the the, the replenishment of their defensive line, Demarcus Lawrence being back, Randy Gregory being back, uh, Micah Parsons, obviously the year he said, uh, Trayvon Diggs is a nightmare for a. Here's a perfect example. Trayvon Diggs is a nightmare for a young quarterback. For Tom Brady, he's going to get that guy going in the wrong direction and jumping on something he shouldn't be jumping on. So just a player like that, a Trayvon Diggs who makes all these plays, that's somebody Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers is going to take advantage of. That's somebody a young quarterback is going to get hit by. And by the way, he got, he got bit by. In, in that first game. Understood. But I think Jalen Hurts has advanced since. And, yeah, I know the Cowboys have gotten some uh, returns to their defensive line, and they have been very good at getting up to the quarterback until yesterday where they only got one sack against uh, Mr. Murray, and I would comp him to Jalen Hurts with his ability to get out of the pocket and avoid the rush and make plays off schedule. Yeah, no, Tampa's overall defense scares me more than the uh, Cowboy defense. And Tom Brady's got his playoff track record, and Dak Prescott has got his playoff track record. Yeah, just purely from an Eagle-centric stance, yeah, I, I would prefer not to play the Bucs. I would rather play the Cardinals or the Rams or the Cowboys before I got to the Buccaneers. And, yes, it looks as of right now like they're going to play the Bucs, which is a little bit of a uh, bad break for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, that's unfortunate. Um, Sirianni releading into his first playoff week. You're going to get a chance to talk to him this afternoon. What do you think he will give you, if anything whatsoever? He's going to sing the praises of his team as well he should. And he should be given the right to do that. Oh, by the way, I think the Eagles are – how many weeks ago was it that Sirianni gave the plant speech? At least, yeah, that was the turning point. The plant speech. Yeah, he did not. Uh, he did not like the way that it was received. Um, you know, Nick's interesting because he 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 brought up that calm word, you know, with Jalen Hurts, and he mentioned a, a bunch of other veteran leaders on this team. 
you know, he, he comes across as calm. But Jalen Hurts, I, I often – like, that's real, man. He is an even-keeled guy. You saw the fans tumble on him. <laughs> didn't didn't affect him at all. No. He's like, well – Whoops. Yeah. Well, he, he – he, unflappable. Unflappable. Nick's more emotional. Nick Nick gets he, – he, he hides it well, but he was upset about the opening press conference and how it was taken – and how everybody, you know, no, but that, that was that was on him. He yeah, really was. He was no. underprepared. Now, I thought Eagle fans overreacted. Yeah, but I thought he was he, nervous. And he could have been better in that press conference. Oh, sure. And the the flower speech as well. You remember somebody threw a bouquet of roses as he was coming off. I think in Vegas. Um, I think it was Vegas, but you uh, you remember that and. He was not happy about it. And, um, you know, everyone, all the players said it, it went, it came across really well. And you say it yourself, but there's a reporter. Yeah, yeah, all right. It was great. Everybody loved it. They're not going to throw their coach under the bus. But no, it, it didn't come across to the players like people spun it outside the building. He was not happy about it. He used it. And yeah, right kind of galvanized the team it kind of galvanized the team and we should also by the way jody and this is not going to make people happy you know who also deserves credit today howie stinking roseman howie roseman the eagle rookies are uh the draft that he had this past year are all contributing um as i mentioned earlier in the show he didn't have a lot of tools to play with during this offseason. When you decide to move off your starting quarterback and know you're taking a $33 million dead cap hit, it kind of compromises what you can do on the free agent market. And the ones that Howie, not the top shelf buys, but the second or third shelf buys have actually jumped in and contributed for the Eagles. Yeah, that's on the GM. Now he had a pretty damn good offseason this year, yeah. despite the fact that his owner said this is a transitional season. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, the owner's got to give the all clear uh, to dump that money. So you got to give Jeffrey Lurie credit as well for taking the biggest uh, dead cap hit in NFL history uh, by a wide margin. But bottom line, bottom line is four playoff appearances in five years, Super Bowl championship, Two division titles, I believe. I think it's two. Um, I don't know. People, people don't think there's only one constant, and it's 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 the guy everybody hates. Not me, but. right? Not everybody, but uh, let's just say the majority hate. Um, uh, one quick question, and we got Chris Franklin uh, from NJ.com uh, scheduled to join us here on Birds Three Sixty Five. There was one play in yesterday's Eagles game that made me think of my partner, John McMullen. Hmm. Can the, you the bench- coin toss? No, Can that's you- not a play. That's not a play, but it certainly I always think about you with the coin. And of course, they deferred yesterday and Washington went down the field and scored. Uh, we're keeping <laughs> praise on Nick Sirianni, but the two uh. things that Nick continues to infuriate me on. The unquestioned deferral at the beginning of the game without giving it any consideration, actually taking the ball first, and the fact that Greg Ward is still only playing 20% of the play. 
Uh, sorry, Coach. You got to get those two things fixed, and you and I will be all good. Uh, but no, there was one other play during the game that made me think about John McMahon. Think about the things that you and I have discussed, probably mm. over discussed during the uh, nine month, eight month. How many months are you and I together now? April through uh, February, sneaking up on uh, nine months. Uh, that you and I have discussed ad infinitum over these months that came down to yesterday's Eagles game. Wow, you got me stumped. We talk about everything, so I can't. What have we harped on? What happened in this game? What was the big? I, I, I'm at a loss, Joe. I'll give you a big hint. Quarter back pressure. Oh, uh, what bad happened on three more? Pressure? Three more words. Derek Barnett. Oh, Derek Barnett whiffed. missed. Yeah, Derek whiffed. Barnett whipped. By the way, if you saw that play live, that looked like the most awful throw uh, in the history of the world, and it ended up being completed. You know, interestingly, Heineke did the same thing on the Gennard Avery pick that that wasn't a pick because he got caught for illegal whatever whatever they called on him. Uh, I didn't see if it was a legit penalty, but... Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I always say to you, sacks are never bad, but good things can happen with pressure. Good things almost happen. It didn't happen. That's why you like sacks. But Yes, that's it, why it, sacks it, are always preppable 100% of the I, time. That I disagree with. That I disagree with because there's so many strip sacks. There's so many uh, interceptions. There's so many... And I always bring up and you say it's the only time in recorded history. A strip sack is a sack. Well, yeah, uh, uh, fair point. So a guy with a force fumble, yes, it turns into strip sack. Uh, So semantics, I lose the argument. So more towards interception, more towards uh, tip balls, turning into interceptions. You know, Jody, you've watched the game for 100 years. You know pressure. You saw we just talked about you don't want the Eagles. We just rated our 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 preferable opponents. Mine would be least preferable would be Dallas. Yours would be Tampa Bay. You've seen Tom Brady lose two Super Bowls. He lost them uh, three Super Bowls. He lost the two against the Giants um, in the same fashion. In the same fashion. Uh, and that's with pressure up the middle. Not getting home. Not getting home. Uh, uh, you've seen it. Are you are you telling me what what is the biggest play in, in Eagles history? Again, it's pressure from Brandon Graham. It's the fumble recovery, though, from Derek Barnett. Now people will say the Philly that special. Was, that was a sack. It's a sack. I know, because but the quarterback knocking out of his hands to sack the biggest play what in is the history is a sack. But then it was the not second. a pressure. But then that was the second one. Now go back to the NFC Championship game. If that happened, the bigger if that was the Super Bowl, the biggest play in Eagles history would have been the the picks uh, the pick six. That's my point. It can happen both ways. That's all. That's always been my point. Pressure is never bad. Uh, it it it. it, it now, good things, bad things can happen 
if you complete a pass or do this or do that or somebody extends the play. But how can pressure be bad? It's not a bad thing. You're right. It's not a bad thing. But I, the comparison I would make, and oh, by the way, I got to go out and get my tickets today for Powerball. The cash payout, I think, is $370 million. Cash. Uh, the, if you want to take the annuity, it's over 500000 If you get five out of six, that's a million dollars. Do I want a million dollars? Damn straight, I want a million dollars. But if I had choice between five out of six and six out of six, $371 million, yes, I want 371 That's the difference between a sack and a pressure. They're both good. Well, one is a home I've run, one's They're a single second baseman's head that drives in a run. And I've always said there's something to players who finish. Like Brandon Graham's not a great finisher. Where Chandler Jones are these great pass rushers. Um, there, there is something to being a finisher on the pass rush. The Eagles don't have great finishers. Maybe Josh Sweat turns into that at at one day, uh, one day. But it, guess what, man? If if you can't finish and you get pressure, uh, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. It's better than not getting pressure. You can be a singles hitter, a good singles hitter, a productive singles hitter, a contributing singles hitter. Yeah, I like the guys who hit the ball out of the ballpark and actually get the quarterback to the ground. John McMullen, Jordan McDonald, hanging with you. I see Chris Franklin. He's waiting to join us next here on Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. 
a catastrophic injury while working on the job, a personal injury from someone else's negligence, turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You got your birds 365 guys here, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, and we're joined by our third compatriot. Who, between the three of us, he's the only one who probably even had to contemplate changing his plans for this weekend to cancel date <laughs> night on Saturday. Not McMullen, not McDonald, but Chris Franklin might have had to inform his significant other that, yeah, that plan we had for Saturday night dinner out the window because I got to go down and cover the Eagles against the Cowboys. Chris Franklin, how much does this screw up your week that they flex the Eagles into Saturday night football? You guys have no idea. I seriously, I had something planned Saturday, ah, and now that's yeah, that's uh, officially changed now because it looks like we have some football to cover now. Uh, some pre uh, exhibition style football it appears like go. now. So yeah. yeah, how about the NFL? Do they not know they're getting a lot of Gardner Minshew and Cooper Rush in this game? Uh, and they're going to put the nation, not only us, Chris, they're going to put the nation through this. Well, you know, everybody's clamoring to see, you know, Cameron Malvo and Marlon Tui Pelotu, you know, that the, the nation <laughs> is hard for it. Everybody's craving for the, for see them on the defensive line right now. But, you know, it's uh, Eagles. I guess they're looking at Eagles Cowboys, you know, their Cowboys may be trying to get to a two spot. The Eagles might be trying to get six. That's I'm trying to stretch it to see any no, type of interesting thing. But <laughs> now here's the key: Did you get out? Did you change your plans yesterday because of the big snowstorm? You were going to stay overnight. Yeah, I, it, was, it was a hotel like ten minutes away from the field. But then I looked at the weather channel and looking like, oh, instead of the storm starting like seven, eight, they, they moved it up to like three o'clock. Like, nah, I don't want to get stuck down in Washington. So, hauled back up late night. Got in time to actually see the. Uh, the rest of the Vikings and Packers game. So, but yes, I, I didn't want to classic affair on <laughs> uh, uh, Sunday night football with Sean Mannion, but we'll start there. <laughs> you got the feeling Nick was giddy after that game. Uh, uh, Chris, he knew what was coming. And if the Eagles pulled their level, they knew San Francisco was going to be Houston. And they sure as heck knew Aaron Rodgers was going to be Sean Mannion. They knew they were in the playoffs. That's how it unfolded. We are here. How amazing is this after a two and five start? It's something definitely didn't see coming, you know, especially uh, the way the team looked early on, especially off defensively. It, it, it seemed like each unit took turns. It the defense completing 75, 80%, allowing 75, 80% completions, whether it's the offense coming back and, and, and sputtering, but, it's some it's click. I mean, we, we've heard about Rodney McLeod and that plane ride back from Las Vegas, and it looked like it actually worked because now all of a sudden we're talking playoff football, and you have to give credit to Nick Sirianni and the job that he was able to do keeping his team together. I, I, I love how uh, 
he got my line for the plant analogy, and I, and oh, I like yeah. I like he's taking the he's taking the shots back, going with the plants yeah. and talking to flowers and everything. But you could tell from that moment on, once he gave that speech, this team like really they truly identified with it, and we're here now looking forward to a uh, week nineteen for the Eagles. And another thing that I do want to give Sirianni credit for. And again, not something that we hadn't heard before, more like something we've heard from every single coach who's ever coached in this town or anywhere else for that matter. But from day one, when you guys were out at Eagles training camp, he talked competition. He not only talked the talk, he walked the walk with all his off-schedule competitions and playing Volleyball and yeah. uh, Heatherball. I forgot about Heatherball <laughs> and uh, rock, paper, scissors, and all that stuff. He laid that groundwork way the hell back in the summertime about this team is going to compete and competition will be the number one facet of this team. Well, they compete every week, they never roll over and die. Yeah, they get off to slow starts, but they finish strong. And this team has been a tremendously competitive team all year. And I think that goes directly to the way the coach set up this team from the beginning of the season on. It definitely does. Because when you look at the successful programs and the successful coaches, you look at the ones that are able to be culture builders. You see so many times that you got things. I mean, when you look at Tressman, when you look at it's a lot uh, March, a lot of those other guys, they were great. They could scheme up any type of offense. You can have a guy who can – find a way to get people open, find a way to get pressure. You can have all that stuff. But if they can't create a culture and identity for a team to follow and believe in and have them buy in, it means nothing. And you look at what Sirianni's done. I know he had, did never call plays when he was with the Colts, but he comes in and he does that. He gets the veterans early on during training camp when they were trying to figure out how to navigate COVID and have practices. He does that. And he continues to build these messages and have the players buy in. And this is what you get as a result. And, and you have to give hats off to him. And he's successful. He's definitely going to be top three, I believe, when it comes to coach of the year. So just based off of that stuff alone, in my opinion. Well, let's talk about a culture change, Chris, because um, Nick Sirianni, and it struck me when he used that term calm, uh, the team was so calm <laughs> on the sidelines, down 16-7. So it was two scores. I, I thought – that field goal at the end of the first half, which was one of Nick's few mistakes because he gave Joey Sly the practice kick and he banged through this 55 yarder. And you start saying to yourself, man, maybe this is not going to work out uh, for the Eagles today. And he talked about that calmness. Well, who's more calm than Jalen Hurts? He's getting tumbled on by a bunch of lunatics at the hanging <laughs> over the railing after the game. And he's calm as can be. I, 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 this, this kid is amazing. When you talk about veteran quarterbacks in this league, I, I was just talking to Jody before you came on. Doesn't happen often, but particularly against the New York Giants in the Super Bowl, you, you saw Tom Brady fluster with an interior pass rush. Now it's on the field. You don't see Jalen Hurts get flustered. It's bizarre to me especially for a young quarterback. Have you ever seen anything like it as far as being even keeled? Well, even then, like the only other guy I could think of is Rodgers, but even then you see his fire, fiery moments with the R-E-L-A-X, relax, and that is it. And, you know, when you, looking back at it now, Hurts and Sirianni, they complement each other very well. I mean, we've seen 
on the sidelines at times with, when a call doesn't go to Eagles way, you see Sirianni, he lights yeah. into the side judge, line judge, and he's the passionate, fiery, emotional one. There was that report earlier in the year about when they were looking at the defensive stuff, so you hear that. But when you have a guy like Hurts who just sits back and is like, oh, we're down 10? All right, we're good. We'll come back. Eh, we'll march down the field. Okay. It's almost And also, I think it comes away from his – I think when – if I'm looking from a Hurts perspective, I think it comes away from just his background. I think when you look at his ability to what he went through, I mean, just looking at what he's going through, he's going through the quarterback change at Alabama. He's going to another program in Oklahoma. He's going through all these different coaches. He goes through everything. It's like one of those things like, okay, what else can you try to throw at me? I've seen it already. Eh, I've seen this. All right, boring. Come on, next. It just seems like he has that that calmness is helping him out. I see. I see. I don't know if it's one of the things where Hurts is calming Sirianni more any other way, but I was – Frankly, I thought uh, Hurts has done a good job just basically sharing that around with the rest of the team in those in those situations. All right, I want to ask both you guys about the guy, probably the only guy who could match Jalen Hurts in unflappability, and that's Jonathan Gannon on the sidelines. He shows no emotion <laughs> whatsoever. He's very Hurts-like in that way. Uh, and I got the bad reasonable hour. Boom, soon as the Vikings Packers are over, got to watch a couple of the TV recaps last night. On uh, six ABC, Jaws was overhyping the importance of this game against the Cowboys. He says, "Cowboys, huge, a big." I'm going, mm. no, it's going to be the backup guys, George. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> um, maybe he was doing so to, I don't know why he was hyping up the game. But um, John Ritchie, former Eagle player, was on uh, CBS and uh, WIP with Joe DeCamera. He made a good point. I think he oversold it because. Richie, for some reason, just doesn't like the Eagles and what they've accomplished this year. But but his point was pretty well taken, just oversold. He was getting on the Eagles defense, specifically first half, a couple of weeks in a row now. And he said the reason why other teams are able to take advantage of is Jonathan Gannon doesn't hide anything. They play their defense. They come out. They position themselves where they're going to play defense. Back up. Don't worry about underneath stuff and the like. And then they stay in that, that they don't do any misdirection. They don't move any defensive linemen around. They don't try and hide anything, even though Jonathan told us earlier in the year, that's a key that you want to be able to disguise your defenses, that at least in Richie's opinion, he doesn't do anything to disguise his defense. We did something really well in the second half since they threw a shutout. That's why I thought his critique came up short. You got to give him credit for both halves. If you want to beat him up for the first half, you got to give him credit for the second half. Do you think his criticism is fair that Jonathan Gannon doesn't do a good enough job disguising the type of defenses he wants to try and run? I think early on, like early in the games, I think he doesn't disguise, uses a lot of disguises early on, but you, you'll see times where Singleton's on. Uh, you, I see a couple of times where he'll disguise the face. He'll, he'll roll up a safety and then drop him back to the opposite diagonal on the other part to cover his own. You'll, so you'll see it a little bit, but you won't see it a lot. But I harken back to like what, that was said earlier by the coaches early in the year. I really think they still hold true. That still is true where they want to try to simplify stuff as much as possible to try to let the players get their physical abilities, a chance to make some plays. But I think they're at the point now where you can be a little bit more, you can do more creative blitzes, do more creative coverages because they've gotten used to it. Part of me also wonders if he feels like he has the right personnel to run all that stuff. I think especially at the linebacker level, you start to see, I think Edwards has come in here in place of Eric Wilson, and he's done a lot better. 
I still wonder if they want another outside linebacker to truly run what he wants to do, and especially a three-down outside linebacker. Because we, we, when he mentioned about the guy having a great call on his defense, I think that's important. But overall, Gant, he's I was going to say this. Gannon does a very good job adjusting to what the opposing defense does. I just wish that the defense came out beginning from the first time they're out in the field getting established, getting the, doing what they want to do to impose on the opposing offense as they have the other way, dic- having the opposing offense dictate to the changes they have to make. All right. Well, Jody went down this wormhole, so I'm going to continue with the JG wormhole. Um, what what do people want in the modern NFL, Chris? <laughs> uh, entering this game, all right, I'm going to run down the numbers. Fifth in total defense, third in yards per play, ninth in rushing defense, uh, fourth in yards per rush defense, ninth in passing defense, uh, sixth in yards per attempt, fourth in three and outs, third in stopping explosive plays, top 10 in scoring efficiency. What the heck do they want? Well, I mean, if that's Jim Johnson, (laughs) if, if Jim Johnson's name is on that, it's great. If Buddy Ryan's name is on that, it's great. But it's a different era of the NFL. All they want is aggression. All they want is blitz. If you're top 10 in all those categories through 16 weeks, pretty large sample size, how much better can you get with what he has, especially on the back end? Come on, you got to run a 46. You have to send seven, eight, nine guys on every play. You have to have three, got, three, four, six guys still in coverage. And oh, yeah, you got to make sure you shut out teams every year. That's what everybody wants, but that ain't happening in this, in this thing. I think we, uh, if this was, I think everybody still looks toward, and you mentioned this, so they, everybody still looks towards 95. I mean, if uh, there's, I mean, when you look at, especially now, where a lot of Generation Eagles fans and growing up, they still remember the Buddy Ryans. They still remember, Heck, you still remember Schwartz earlier with the wide nine trying to put pressure, and Gannon's approach seems to be more read react. And it's for I think the city is still trying to adjust to it. And I'm putting it nicely when it comes to they're trying to adjust to that play. It's the way that everybody spreads out now with these spread offenses with the four and five guys. It's the completion percentages are going to be up, but it's not going to be anywhere. Is they shouldn't be around 75 80 percent, but. You're going to see him in the sixty percent range, though. I think the matter is, he wants to try. To, I think he's taking a little bit of Jim Johnson. Is I'm going to make sure that you don't score me in the red zone. Well, actually, more I'm going to say more Jim Schwartz. I'm going to make sure you don't. You can move the ball in within the twenties, but I'm going to hold you to field goals. That's what I'm doing. I think he's taking that approach a little bit more. But for any defensive coach, that uh, God bless whoever wants to be a defensive coach in this year, in this age, wants to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to grow up and be a defensive coordinator. Good luck, because just the way offenses are continuing to evolve is, is crazy. <laughs> All right, Chris, uh, I'm asking you this question on Monday, January 3rd, and it's in reference to Sunday, January 16th, 13 days from now, um, when the Eagles – well, no, excuse me. Yeah, because we've got the upcoming uh, last regular season game, the playoff game. Who are the ever the Eagles going to play in the playoff game? Things can happen to their potential opponents, covid injuries, and the like. But assuming their roster is what it is today on Monday for next Sunday, the Eagles could play Tampa, Dallas, 
Arizona or Los Angeles. How would you rank those opponents in giving the Eagles the best chance to win the game or bottom down, uh, most uh, preferable matchup or least preferable matchup between those four potential opponents for the Eagles in the uh, first round of the playoffs? How would you rank them? I'd probably say the team I'd probably stay away with the most right now would be the Cowboys, not specifically for the personnel, but it's a team that already knows that would have seen you twice already, and you have to go back down there the following week to see them. I'd probably stay away from there. Even though Gallup's out, I'd probably stay away from the Cowboys just for familiarity standpoint. Then I'd say stay away. next team would be stay away from the Rams because although the offense, Eagles offensive line is their strength, I worry about the Rams trying to move Aaron Donald over Nate Herbig and then trying to exploit that matchup because Nate's done a really good job, and you know Stoutland's going to try to do everything he can to protect it up, but I'm a little bit more worried about that. I think the Eagles actually would do matchup decently against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, being that Godwin, you know, they don't have Chris Godwin who's out for the year with his ACL. We all know what happened with uh, Ned Branton, a.k.a. Slapshot, Antonio Brown's little uh, soiree, what happened in, in, in the end zone. So basically you have Mike Evans, who's banged up a lot, Yep. Gronkowski and Brait and the Eagles. We already know the Eagles' history with tight ends. They, they, I think they, they were among the top five giving up the most yards. But they like that's underneath. They won't give up the big play on that aspect. And we saw the way they played. On a, it was, granted, it was a short week. The Eagles actually played pretty decently, I thought, in my opinion, against Tampa Bay when they played them on that Thursday night game. So if I'm the Eagles, I'm hoping that they either Tampa Bay becomes a two seed or the Eagles bump up somehow to the six seed and Tampa falls to three because I think that's a that I, 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 time out, Philadelphia. <laughs> well, I, Wait a minute. I know it's Tom Brady. For that Tampa game, right? At any point, did you think the Eagles had a chance to win that game? Really? You were at that game. You were in that stadium, and you thought they had a chance to beat Tampa. Tampa had control of that game the entire game. John McMullen did a disservice to the GOAT, John uh, T- Tom Brady, by ranking them behind the Cowboys earlier. You've done a major disservice, Franklin, putting them third. And third I wear it with pride. pride. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's not. It's... Did you get up? You, you, I know you drove home late last night. Are you on your ninth <laughs> cup of coffee? What the yeah. hell? How can you don't you see the IV of uh, Red Bull behind me? <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I'm doing that big time because Tom Brady, he, he'll get the ball. Like, if you look at all these quarterbacks, they're going to get the ball out quickly out their hands no matter what, who you're going to face. You face gotta, against. you got to have somebody yeah, to gonna, throw it to. Yeah, they and, have so many injuries. So many injuries. Tom Brady is good. He He's the best all-time. And pains for say, especially that one. He's the best all-time. He's the best quarterback of all time. But when you look at the supporting cast, you look at back toward compare this compare this supporting cast right now to some of those Super Bowl teams that he has. You don't have two of your big star two big guys. I think that personally, I think that frees up a safety now because you can you can either double Gronk and then now who you're going to throw to? You got one. Yeah, one I'll feel comfortable. Right. There was a lot of garbage time points in that game. Tampa Bay was in control of that game, but that was Tampa Bay at full strength. You're not getting Tampa Bay at full strength this time around, but I can't, you forgot Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, give me Cliff Kingsbury. If that's an option, that's the guy I want. I'm Uh, I'm beating that guy. I'm beating that guy in the playoffs. I'll say that game is going to be entertaining. I mean, we remember that Arizona game last year where it's basically a shootout. It'll be be a shootout. I mean, I just, I think 
Look at the Cardinals, but yeah, I, I'm I'm still stay, still staying steadfast. I think Tampa Bay would be the the juiciest matchup for the Eagles, and if who and I'm just saying, I'm not going to put it out there. I'm not making my prediction because I don't know who's playing. I don't see the matchups or anything else. If Nick Sirianni is truly following Frank Reich in that first year when they started off slow and they re- looked really bad, they made the playoffs. They won their wild card game and played the second round. If they play Tampa Bay. I probably put 50-50 right now, maybe 51-49 they win that game. I'm just I'm wow. that's where I'm at right now. You're you're way now. Nah, Tom, Tom will find a way to win the game. That's the problem. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury will find a way to lose the game. Tom will find <laughs> that a too. way. <laughs> that too. That too. You got a Coles model on the sideline. Uh, <laughs> Nick Sirianni's gonna out coach him. Nick's just doing regional work. You got a Coles model who's uh <laughs> Like a fifth-degree copy of Sean McVay. Sorry, Give me that guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm just sorry. Let's see. If I if I see Klingsberry on Belichick, apologize to apologize to Tom Brady. Who you're disrespecting. No, no. I'm just saying the image of the greatest pink. of all time. The Eagles have a 51-49 shot over Tom Brady. Man, Frank, I, moved back. I love I, I was apologizing. I'm not apologizing for the Buccaneers one. I was apologizing for my image that popped in my head about the. Mr. Model uh, Cliff Kingsbury. That's what I was <laughs> laughing about. I, I still stand by that one. I, and I've been called nuts by many a people. So it, many a times for many certain things. So I'm like, I, I'm used to it by now. Man. We're right on <laughs> Dallas, though. I, I don't want any part of Dallas. You're you're the familiarity. I just don't think the Eagles match up well. Now, Mike Michael Gallup, that injury hurts the Cowboys because that's one of the reasons. I mean, when you have Cooper and Lamb, and Gallup, it's like, all right, what the heck are we going to do? And then the backs aren't bad either, and the tight ends aren't bad. Um, I just don't like that matchup from a style perspective. You're more of the style doesn't work against who? For the Eagles, the worst opponent, the worst matchup. It's the Cowboys, but you mentioned something else. Aaron Donald, that was yeah. it. Um, so the Rams with Aaron Donald – but my, nobody can block Aaron Donald. So that's kind of baked in when you play with the Rams, but you also have the opportunity. My biggest concern with the Rams would be Cooper Cup. How do you deal with Cooper Cup? The only thing I could think of is that you're going to have to play a lot of press, but then even then they're going to have to move a lot of motion. They're going to probably motion them away and find unique ways to get them, get them the ball that way. You're going to have to see a lot of zone, which – to me, we've seen this team with the zone part because you want to make sure you keep everything in front of them. I don't like that. Dude. So it's gonna, it's gonna, ha- it's gonna be, it could be a death by a thousand paper cuts with Stafford just picking apart every seven, eight yards a, a pop, and then they throw in the run game there because you may have, you may have Cam Akers back for that game too. So I think the the only thing, the only way you can do, you can basically cover Cooper Cup is you're gonna have to shade somebody, but it, you're not not only have to probably play man to man on him, but just shade of safety that way or play a heavy zone and that just plays right into what the Rams want you to do so that that, that Rams matchup it, that would be really tough as well too very very tough and you have to go to the west coast so that factor that in let me uh, let you roll out your crystal ball looking into this okay. third preseason game matchup between the Cowboys and the Eagles on uh, Saturday night okay we know it'll probably be a Kenneth Gainwell game because you're not getting Miles Sanders. You're probably going to see uh, Howard take the day off. I think the only reason why he played was because they needed the game as desperately as they did, and he just didn't look 
Jordan Howard like, and thank you, Boston Cott, for stepping up big and delivering the way you did. Uh, they might want to protect Boston Scott a little bit here, just in case, too. Carry on Johnson Day? Who else is going to get the football other than Kenneth Gainwell coming up on Saturday against the Cowboys? I'd really want to see Jason Huntley. I really, truly do, because what he did, when we were looking in, uh, before he got that, I think it was a rib injury in training camp, he was looking really good, running toward the outside. He looked decisive. He showed that quickness that he, not only that he had on the kick returns, but back in college, but he showed quickness getting on the outside. And I would truly want to see him toting a rock a couple times to see, you know, has he developed, has he improved as a, as a pass blocker? I want to see his ability to catch in the backfield because I think – I really truly want, and I want to really see him on kick returns because I think he could be really dynamic, but just hasn't had a shot or proven that he can basically take one of these running back spots away because the team's so deep in those positions. So I, I wouldn't, I agree with you. I think they should rest Scott because he could be, it could be a similar situation if they have to go into a wild guard game or, or just in case, just to rest him because he took a lot of physical pounding in the, in the division game like that. So I, I really curious to see, uh, I think we see, I think everybody knows what they have in carry on Johnson, but I really, really kind of excited to actually see what they can do with Jason Huntley if they bring him up. All right, Chris, last one from me. We got caught up in a wormhole of the playoffs. I want to talk just real quick about yesterday's game and, and make sure you read Chris at NJ.com and also our buddy, Mike K. They do a great job, but Boston Scott, I, you know, I'm, I'm amazed. I brought this up with Jody. I want to get your take on it. I, it Boston Scott is the third team running back on this team. And obviously miles is out. Jordan Howard is not a hundred percent. The Eagles lean on him. And the two touchdowns were on fourth downs after they failed on fourth down early in the game. Who do you give credit for that situation? In those high leverage situations, the head coach, the third string running back, the offensive line, why the confidence? There's not many teams that would hand the ball off to a third-string running back in those types of situations. You have to go to the offensive line in that aspect because I think if you had even a questionable line, I think you're punting and, and punting or kicking a field goal, especially on that down in the goal line. Look, when you can't, the fact that they went to that right side, and in fact they went to the right side of hole too because the left side, you think when Landon Dickerson and Jordan Mailata get a power, they went to the right side, which. Elaine Johnson is playing very well, and they got Herbig, who was limping at sometimes during that game as well, too. Yeah, so he had to come out for a little while. Yeah, it was it was, it was about to say a word. We had see Brett Toth time. Was who could think of it? Didn't do it. But I think overall, you have to go look at the offensive line in that aspect. I mean, Sirianni was uncharacteristically aggressive yesterday on fourth down. I mean, usually he stays on the side of okay, I don't want to jeopardize field position. I don't want to punt in situations like that. But three times to work on fourth down and it could be successful. You got to have also to give credit to Scott a little bit, but mainly off the line, but you give credit to Scott to have the find, have the nose and that instinct to and that determination to want to find the goal and pick up those. Downs. Cause too many times you see guys start to get the ball on fourth down. They start dancing, looking around going, yeah, maybe I can find a cutback lane here. No, no, he, he knew where he wanted to go. He was decisive. He accelerated at the right time and dove and And to me, and, and also so going back to fourth, the fourth down to goal line for uh, when he did toss play, how Hertz was able to fall back and still throw that ball over to get it to Scott in there. To be honest, looking back, I'm like, oh, this is over or this is a fumble and they're taking it back the other way. But to still get it back there, throw it back there, get it right on target for 
for Scott to pick it up and then for Scott to run across the goal line and then, oh, yeah, dive across the, the goal line. That that play is just – that was crazy. If they ever have one of those, like, highlight videos that you see, like, at the end of the year, the NFL films used to do, to say the 2021 Eagles, blah, blah, blah. I think that's going to make its way in there. It was uh, Ruben Frank who had the numbers, um, and I knew I read this somewhere this morning. In the last three years, Austin Scott has – 16 carries inside the five-yard line. He scored 11 touchdowns on 16 <laughs> carries. That's 67%. That's ungodly. There isn't a running back in the league who's been as good percentage-wise in scoring touchdowns. Only a couple quarterbacks have been better than him scoring from that. Oh, no, I believe, and I guarantee you, if it's a quarterback, it's from inside the one, not inside the five. But who else was he going to give it to? If Sirianni had given it to somebody else, shame on him. All right, uh, last you know thing, Chris. Oh. Uh, let, let me just get this last one uh-huh, in because yeah. it's very important. Uh-huh. I'm doing it with my tongue very implanted in cheek. The percentage chance the Eagles claim Antonio Brown off waivers for playoff purposes. Uh, well, if you know, if you go to Twitter and everybody's clamoring, going, uh, hey, you know what? You get this, he can add zero. I, uh, zero, zero. <laughs> Not touch him. Come with on, a you know there's pole. a percentage Eagle fans that want him. By the yeah. way, Allen, get Jalen Rager off the field if you won't put Greg Ward in there. Well, maybe Antonio Brown. I'm no. going to give the Eagles fans credit, Chris. I don't. I haven't gotten that question. I'm very impressed. I haven't, I haven't gotten, gotten the question. I haven't gotten the question. I've seen a couple posts on there. Right, I've seen so a couple tweets. I'm like, please, no. me is the biggest idiot in town. I'll wear that. I'll eat that if I have right. to. Not a problem. I'm, I'm impressed. I was expected to get it, but uh, I'm I'm impressed. Maybe when it actually happens, maybe we'll get the question. Oh, he could God. take it to. He could take it to. I can see right now. He could take it to the house. Why aren't they putting him in? They should claim him right now. They have the cap space. No, 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 no. And getting back to the Boston Scott, I just thought about this too. You really look at it. It's almost like playing whack a mole because you have a guy who's five yeah, six behind that big him. thing. You got to pick yeah. a toe. I see him. No, ha ha. He's in the end zone. Ha ha. Got to try this way. It's tough to see which way it goes. That's that's what makes it tough to find him down there. And and we gotta get there. But he finds the crack and he runs right behind it. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's uncanny how he's able to do it. See Franklin, despite the fact that you dis Tom uh, <laughs> Brady today, and you got to reestablish your love life after canceling on your female on uh, Saturday night. We still love you just the same, and we will certainly get you on as we uh, make the Eagles playoff run. Thanks for coming on with us today. Thank you. It's for the love of the game, not the love of everything else. It's for the, uh, <laughs> not the love see. of Antonio Brown. That's the <laughs> Chris, thanks, bud. Appreciate Thanks, guys. It. Have a good one. All right. Coming back, putting a bow on the show here on Birds 365 next. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. 
What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, what's up on the show here on Bird 365? We'll be here all week. Oh, if you're happy that the Eagles made the playoffs, I got one way you can show it. Like, share, subscribe to Birds 365. Hit that like button here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. All right, Johnny Mac, uh, know you've got to take a trek across the bridge to hear the coach today, or is it a Zoom thing? No, uh, Zoom. You're Day Zoom after is always way. Zoom. All right, and he's on uh, presidential time, which means when are you going to hear from him? I believe it's 2.45-ish. That's typically, but I have to double check. So a little bit later in the afternoon, Saturday. Now, big change in schedule. That might uh, shift things a little bit. Who knows? We'll see. Okay. Yeah, we uh, have to stay on top of the schedule leading into this all-important showdown with the Cowboys. Cowboys week. I, I, it is and it isn't. It's like uh, preseason Cowboys week. I never. almost, they, they've never played the Cowboys. They've played the Cowboys twice. Now, you, now you're getting That's one thing get, we don't need yeah. is the Cowboys in preseason. We're getting shortchanged the Cowboys Eagle game this year because it's going to be preseason like. And I'm sorry to say, I told you so, field. but I told you so. Yeah. yeah. You did. You were on that. You were on yeah. that early. The, the chips fell the way that they did. And it's Cooper Rush against. Uh, Gardner Minshew. But you never know what's going to happen during the week. we got to stay on top of the COVID thing. The one thing John has been harping on for weeks, and he's 100% right, 
this year is the year to be in the playoffs. Even if you're the seventh seed and the Eagles are going to be either six or seven, and to me it doesn't really matter, you got to play on the road, you got to win all these road games. You never know what's going to happen to the other team because COVID is what it is, and the NFL has tried to minimize the effect it can have. Don't kid yourself. How about about Sean Mannion last night for the Vikings? Stuff happens. And it could happen uh, in the And in all seriousness, Jody, we're joking about, and hopefully everybody's okay, but there's a reason they keep people away from the players. So when that tumbles uh, down, you see some of the security guards trying to get uh, uh, the fans away from Jalen Hurts. You know, God forbid in this environment, but, uh, you know, somebody tests positive at the wrong time. It could happen to the Eagles as well. Um it's such uncertainty in the NFL and that includes the Eagles and they've taken advantage of it. Hopefully it doesn't bite them as we go down the stretch and get into the playoffs. And hopefully everybody has their key players on the field because football is no fun. Like last night, I said it with the saints game, couple uh, national television game last night's national tell it's no fun when you know the outcome because of, of issues that are uh, virus related. All right. Last thing I wanted to be a jerk earlier and ask the Antonio Brown question. So I did. Uh, so let me be a jerk one more time. What's the chance John McMullen asks Nick Sirianni today. Hey coach, you know, my partner, Jody McDonald keeps beating you over the head about Greg Ward. What's the chance he gets more snaps than Jalen Rager in the playoff game. Is there any chance you'll ask that? No, that's not. We've asked him that question numerous times. He's answered the question numerous times. He's, he's been very honest about keeping speed on the field for the running game and that for time. But this in, in, includes Quez Watkins as well. Um, yeah, he's not effective either. He gets a pass. Um, they need to get better at wide receiver. Uh, and on third downs, I'm with you, Jody, but very specialized role. For Greg Ward. Quez Quez from time to time catches the ball. That's a a major upgrade from Jalen Rager. It's better than Jalen Rager, but he's not good enough. That's the only point I'm making. All right, partner, good show today. I'd say we do it again in 22 hours. You up for it? I will be here. Be back here in 22 hours on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.